absolutely exploding with a pure, pure love. And it was as though uh, they were sort of like the northern lights in that they were of a physical form, but the edges were a little indistinct. They were radiating a brilliance that uh, is certainly indescribable. It's sort of translucent, pearlescent, uh, shimmery, light. a brilliance of light, just exploding in it. And the light was not just something you would see. If you look at the sun, you see light and it's blinding. This was really a, a light born out of love. I don't know quite how else to explain it. So from your, from your experience of these people, these spiritual beings, what are, what are, what's your sense of what relationship is like? Well, that's really clear because there is no doubt that the only thing that truly matters is loving God and being a window through which God's light can shine to this world and loving each other. So, I mean, from your experience, you think you will recognize your husband and your kids and... Oh, you mean after... Yeah. Afterward. When, when we're all there. Yes. I absolutely think that people who are important in our life, and I'm not really sure what the right word is, but our life circle, and it may be relatives or it may be people that come into our lives for a very brief period of time and have a profound impact. Those may also be part of our, our life's neighborhood. Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it, but yes, I do think that we are all still there in heaven. I think that we do recognize each other. I was able to see many Again, people, angels, spirits, I'm not sure. Very busy. And I don't know what they were doing. Inside the archway. Inside. They were all very busy. I don't know what they were doing, but they were doing something and clearly doing God's work. And so was it like a city bustling with light? Yes. Life or? It was bustling is a great word for it. I didn't particularly look around because I was focused on what was happening to Were me you immediately. Through, and, through the I, I looked through and could see all this bustling, people bustling about. And when I arrived, there was this momentary acknowledgement and not cheering, but almost like fantastic welcome. And this, this outpouring of love for me. And again, it was this profound sense of wow, not only do I not deserve this, but it was this profound sense of uh, understanding that that is how each person is created. Mm. I mean, there are billions of us, but that is how much each God loves each special. person. Yes. You know, it's amazing when you realize in Christ, nothing is lost. Nothing is lost. There's nothing to fear. Death is not the end. It's a glorious new beginning where real relationships and creativity and music and fun and, and the celebrations of earth, but, but experience times a thousand. 
Jesus called it abundant life that he came to give us. And, and that's what we've got to realize. He's been telling us that all along. You know, in Luke 22, that last night, he said to his friends, I've been eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now, I won't eat this meal again. I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Jesus says, we're going to eat and drink together. It's going to be a celebration. It's going to be a party like you've never experienced before. In fact, Jesus likened the, the kingdom of heaven to a party, a wedding party. Matthew 22, Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And he sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. So the servants went out in the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. You know, the whole reason that Jesus suffered on the cross was so God would extend his grace to all people, the, the good and the bad alike. In other words, he, he offers an invitation to everybody, and he makes everybody able to enter in if we're simply willing to receive his forgiveness, to be restored to God. And, and it's amazing because anybody can be with him forever. But some reject his invitation. Don't reject his invitation. Because it's going to be life together the way we've always longed for it to be. You know, my wife used to not like to talk about heaven. She would say, she would say yeah, but we're not going to be married in heaven. And that made her sad, which is good, right? I mean, if she had said, you mean we're not going to be married in heaven? It's all in the tone, right? <laughs> but that idea comes from when Jesus was asked a question by the Sadducees who were people who didn't believe in the afterlife. And, and they gave him this trick question. They said, if a, mar if a woman's married and then her husband dies and she remarries and then uh, her next husband dies, and that happens seven times when she gets to this afterlife you're talking about, Jesus, who's she going to be married to? And they're ribbing each other. <laughs> and uh, I think it's George Strait who said, all my exes live in Texas. Imagine, all your exes live in heaven. Sounds like the other place to some of you, doesn't it? <laughs> but here's what's interesting. Jesus is addressing all our questions here. He says, you are in error because first, you don't know the scriptures, but second, you don't know the power of God. The power and the love of God can unite anybody. We just have to be willing. And, and, and all who are willing, one day he will unite us with his love. But Jesus did say this right after that. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They'll be like the angels in heaven. That's where my wife got that idea. Now, note Jesus didn't say you'll not be with your spouse or loved ones. He just said there won't be new individual marriages. There won't need to be because there won't be procreation. So there won't be new families. But that doesn't mean that our family relationships or our relationships on earth will be less special. We'll still have our same history and memory and bonds, but it'll be deeper and better because nothing will be hidden. Communication will be perfect. And our self-centeredness, all our, our sin tendencies will be washed away and replaced with God-centeredness. And we will realize 
These are the relationships we've always longed for. This is the greatest reunion ever. But I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to hear from someone who had the greatest reunion ever. Well, and I prayed, and Don's here. All right. <laughs> Welcome, Don Piper. Well, we've decided if you need prayer, you can do it. Yeah, so here I am. Well, and, and uh, the movie about Don's life, 90 Minutes in Heaven, is out in theaters right now. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go see it. But It's hard to process. I mean, my life Was it is hard for, to do, watch yeah, that it's, again? It's my, my life is for sale at Walmart. And uh, <laughs> now, now it's, it's on the screen, and yeah. you're watching people say your words and, and relive the things that you relived. Um, so, what, yes, it's overwhelming. It wasn't all easy or glory, was it? It was. Take uh, us back. It was difficult. Day. Take it. I mean, you were run over by an 18-wheeler. I was. I was uh, over in East Texas. I was on my way home from a Bible study or a pastor's conference to do a Bible study in Alvin, south of Houston. So I was about 130 miles away. It was a cold, rainy January day, and I got in the car. I'm headed home. I'm headed to my church, and uh, I was on a bridge I'd never been on before. And uh, before I got off the bridge, an 18-wheeler crossed the center stripe and hit me head on. Probably 110 miles an hour of impact. Uh, I was killed instantly. Uh, blunt force trauma, uh, brain damage, impaled on the steering wheel. Uh, the dashboard collapsed on my legs, my right leg broken. At the knee, and the left leg was severed just above the knee. Four and a half inches of femur was ejected from the car and never found. I put my hand up when the truck was coming for me. At the moment, the truck ran over me and it took my left arm into the back seat of the car and from here forward was lying on the back seat of the car. So, horrific accident. Um, there was nothing that could have been done to save me. Uh, they tried, met the paramedics. There were two other vehicles struck after my car. Vehicles, a big truck, three cars. That everyone else was fine. So, four paramedics worked on me. They did everything they could to try to revive me. And in spite of the best efforts, they were unsuccessful. So, the body was covered up with a tarp. So they declared you dead. They, they declared me dead, all four of them, and they're waiting for a medical examiner to come and do the paperwork so the body can be transported for an autopsy, do an investigation about what happened to me. But the moment the truck struck me, uh, I was absent from the body. That was just an earth suit like the one you're sitting in right now. Um, I was in heaven. Uh, I was at one of the gates of heaven, surrounded by people I had known and loved in this life who had preceded me in death. And we were having a spectacular time. I wasn't even remotely interested about what's happening back down on the bridge. There were a lot of things happening on the bridge, but I was having the greatest reunion you could possibly imagine. So, I mean, these are real people, people you knew. Who'd you see? What'd they look like? Yeah, I started with my grandfather. Uh, he was standing there at the gate uh, facing me, and uh, he looked great. I mean, last time I saw him, he did not look great. Uh, he had a heart attack and died. I was with him when he had the heart attack. And um, it was just heartbreaking to, to, to be with him and watch him die, pass away, very close to him. I tell people all the time, I've, I've broken virtually every bone in my body, and, um, and, it, and it hurt, but nothing hurts like a broken heart. Mm. And when he died, it broke my heart. A lot, a lot of you have a broken heart. I've met a lot today who are struggling with that. I met a lady just now, husband died three days ago. Oh. So a lot of you have broken hearts. Well, I understand what that it feels, but now I'm at, at the gate, and here's my grandfather standing in front of me, and he looks really, really good. If you want to look, look really, really good, heaven is where you want to be. <laughs> I mean, you look nice now, but 
he, he was even missing, because of his life of very hard labor, he, he was missing three fingers on one hand and two on the other. And he reached out to me and spoke verbally. And he said, welcome home, Donnie. Those were his words to me. This, that's what he used to call me here on earth, Donnie. And I looked out at the hands that used to hold me when I was a little boy, and all of his fingers were there. I'd never seen them before. He was really kind of ageless. He was perfect, fully recognizable as, as himself, but in a beautiful and perfect kind of way. I, he obviously knew I was coming. Everybody did. Uh, you don't sneak up on heaven. Everybody up there knows it's coming. <laughs> Uh, well, of course they do, because the Bible says when we give our heart to Jesus, when we trust Christ as Savior, our name is automatically inscribed on a registration book up there called the Book of Life, the actual Lamb's Book of Life. So you, you want your name in this book, and we're, we're taking reservations this morning, this afternoon. <laughs> um, I'm serious. I mean, I, if you can get killed on, on the way to church to teach a Bible study, you can get killed at any moment. This is urgent. I was just 38. So here's Papa. My great-grandmother was beside him. She was a victim of osteoporosis. She was all slumped over in this life. I know it must have been painful. I never heard her complain about it. She wasn't missing fingers like Papa. She was missing teeth. She didn't have any teeth. Well, she had some, but they were what she called store-bought teeth. They were, <laughs> they were dentures. She did not like them. She did not wear them often, except to church on Sunday mornings. Um, my great-grandmother, Hattie, smiled at me. She was a good six inches taller at the gates of heaven because she was standing upright. And, of course, the most glorious thing happened when she saw me. She smiled at me, and it was the first time I ever saw her real smile. So everybody there was perfect. There's only one person in heaven with scars, and that's Jesus Christ, to remind us of how we got there. But none of those other people. You. I mean, you should have seen me back on earth. I mean, I look like I fell in a farm implement from the neck down. I've had 34 major surgeries to wow. put me back together. I was told I would never walk again. If they were able to reattach the leg, I was told that this arm would just hang by my side if they were able to put it back on. But this is the arm, and this is my leg. So I believe God is still in the miracle business. But wow. in heaven, I had no scars on me. I was perfect. You won't either, inside or out. Well, what was that like? What, what did you feel like in your body? What did it feel like? You said your grandfather ended up hugging you. What, did. what does that feel like? Uh, what was uh, unspeakable joy. Uh, there really aren't any words for it. One of the most frustrating things about talking about heaven is we don't have earthly words to do it justice. But it was a great reunion. Papa knew I was coming. He embraced me. What a warm embrace that was. I mean, the last, really, literally, the last time I saw him, he was in a coffin. And I was, we were all devastated. Now he's perfect and blissful and joyful. And, and all these people, aunts, uncles, uh, some friends from high school who had died in tragic accidents themselves were over here to the side of me. My next door neighbor, Miss Norris, was over here. There were teachers there of a wide variety of people, such a variety that I was thinking to myself when I saw them, they didn't even know each other back here on earth. What would have brought them together to meet me at the gate? And I know I had several years to lay in a hospital bed to think about it. They all helped me get there. These are the people who took me to church when I was a little boy, didn't have any other way to go because my parents didn't go to church. Somebody had to take me. Miss Norris took me. Your next Mike, friend. Mike, my friend from high school that was killed when he was 18, 
he took me, he took me to church because I didn't have a driver's license yet. But he'd been going since he was a little boy and he wanted to make sure I got to go too. They met me at the gates. These are people who gave me Bibles. These are people who told me, well, they lived a Christian life in front of me so I knew how that life was supposed to be lived. So they influenced me for Christ. So I'm laying there in the hospital bed when I finally got to the point where I could think and I thought to myself, why did the, oh, these are the people who helped me get there. And then I asked the question that I've asked everybody since, who are you going to greet? Who's going to be there because of you? And I really, I asked God as I tried to recover, why you sent me back for this? Because I was, I was really in horrible shape physically, emotionally. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, two all the year, ways two, you can. Three years of yeah, three years before I was fully and you, you still recover from stuff. Yeah, I today. still have a lot of stuff that doesn't work very well, but you know, I got hit by a truck. Um, so I'm, <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I can get from point A to point B. Yeah. I, I, I still answer the bell when it rings, um, and I'm motivated by helping people understand that heaven is a real place, and Jesus is the way to the place, and that you can have a more meaningful life here even if something terrible has happened to you. You can be bitter about it or you can be better by devoting your circumstances to blessing someone else. Mm. I, I spent about 30 minutes or 20 minutes with the Breedlove family just a few moments ago. Mm. And uh, we're talking about that. We're talking about uh, being in Virginia and having a bunch of parents uh, from Virginia show up to a speaking meeting like this. And all of their kids had been killed on the campus of Virginia Tech University. Mm. And they came to tell me that they had decided to form scholarships in the names of all their children in their memory. They couldn't afford to go to college, could now go to school, and they found their new normal. And uh, everyone does, you know. Either that or you'll just be bitter for the rest of your life because of your circumstances. Or you can decide, and it's a decision that won't come naturally, I am not going to be defeated by this. I'm going to use this. I, I want to put this behind me, but God wants to put it in front of me. And this is what he wants to use to bless other people. So it's the difference between this and this. Mm -hmm. Helping somebody else. It is. Well, so you're, you've got this huge welcoming yes. crew around you, and you're, you're coming up to this massive city and a, and a gate? What did the gate look like? It is a massive city. Uh, it really is the city of God. It's interesting in the Bible, every time it talks about heaven, it does it in concrete terms, assuming that we're smart enough to know that heaven is a real place. Uh, as you spoke earlier, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. So it's an awesome place, uh, more real than this, because one of these days this place won't be here, and neither will you. Death right here is 100%. We're not getting out of this alive. <laughs> so you, you got to be ready for what happens next. And then some of you are very young and you're not even, that's not on your radar, but it better be. Mm. I told you about the two 18-year-olds that I saw in heaven. Mm -hmm. You got to be ready all the time. I, I, I'm looking at an oyster. It really is a gate made of pearl. It's a, it's a pearly gate, but it's, it's incredibly ornate and very dazzling and the light is reflecting off the gate that makes it look alive. And I know that light is from God. And it's reflecting off the gate. It's, it's huge, but the entrance is quite small by comparison. So I'm looking over the heads of these people, and I'm seeing through the gate, very thick wall, and I could see this boulevard running down the middle of the city. So you can see through the pearlescent 
Absolutely. Yeah, so, yes. so it wasn't it wasn't solid pearl. There was something. Was uh, well, it, for it's like the it's like the street. The street, or really, it's it's wide. So it's a boulevard. The entrance is small. The street is wide. It, it's golden. It's a golden street. And I, I know it's made out of gold, but this gold is gold you can see through. It's that pure. Now, here on earth, that's simply impossible. But yeah. in, in heaven, it's not. It's God's place. He can do whatever He wants. On both sides, magnificent structures. By any standard I can think of, they're mansions. Everybody gets one. You're going to like these a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not sure how much time you want to spend on them, but, I mean, wouldn't it be better to walk around and talk to, like, Ruth or Mary or Peter. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm really pumped about that possibility. But you, you, these mansions, in the center of the city, high and lifted up, is a hill. It's really a precipice. There is a river flowing from it. We not, shouldn't be surprised. The river you saw of, all this. Yeah, the river of life flows from the throne So was it like that guy I, I quoted, where you, your vision is not, well, you can see miles the, away? The vision or? is almost incomprehensible. Because, well, it's, it's like all the questions people ask about heaven. And there are good questions. But in heaven, you would never ask a question about heaven. You know. You just know. So there's no, there's no questions are not necessary. Because, because of your sight, because of your senses, heaven's a sensory explosion, really, for all of our senses. Touch and sound. I didn't taste anything, but I know if I did, it would have been wonderful. And we will, incidentally. We will dine at the Lord's table. Yeah. This is one of the things that he wants us to do is to be at his table. And in heaven, we don't eat for sustenance, we eat for fellowship. The church has been way ahead of the curve on this for years because we eat for fellowship at the church all the time. But it's literal in heaven. God wants his children together at the same time, and so he'll, we'll dine with him. Isn't that an amazing prospect? I didn't, I didn't get to do that, but I, I know that I will someday. So all these things, the, 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 I saw colors I've never seen. I smelled aromas I've never smelled here, and I don't really have words for them because they're heavenly. They're not earthly. We don't have words for them. I, I embrace the people. I, I'm walking through the gate, and I'm hearing awesome music. I mean, there were yeah, angels. Yeah, talk about the music. Yeah, I heard, you... I heard angels too, and they were singing some of the music. But I was stunned to not only hear their voices, but I was amazed to hear their wings. I could actually hear the wings of angels all over the place. The music was my most vivid memory of heaven. I wouldn't have thought that before it happened. I mean, I am musical. I like music. But there were thousands of songs at the same time without chaos. Now, here on earth, two songs at the same time could be pretty chaotic. <laughs> but in, in heaven, you're going to hear thousands of songs at the same time and distinguish each one of them with your heavenly ears. Is that They're, because time is different? Or, I mean, it's kind of hard to picture. I think it's because God loves music so much. Hmm. And, and he loves to hear from his children. Uh, and, and, and praise and worship is that. Whether you're singing in a, in a, um, in a, in a tent in Norway like I've done, or uh, uh, under a banyan tree in Hawaii, you know, preaching to people who are sitting on the beach. I mean, wherever we are, whether it's on a reservation in Montana uh, to the beat of drums, I mean, God, he knows our hearts. And when we're lifting up our praises to him, it just gives him great joy. Hallelujah, glory to God, worthy is the Lamb. Praise the Lord. Only one song really actually was distinguished among all the songs that were being lifted up to him, and it was holy, holy, holy. I distinctly remember that because he is holy. 
We shouldn't be surprised. And they're singing that to him. Mm. And uh, gee, I'm not holy. It reminded me of how unholy I was and how unholy I am. It also reminded me of the grace of God mm-hmm. and the sacrifice of Jesus that made me eligible to be in heaven and hear that music. I could still hear it. The more weary I grow here on earth, the louder the music gets. Mm. So you were heading in and yeah. then it stopped? Yeah, I was so confused. I was, I was just in such bliss and joy and happiness. And I wasn't thinking about earth. Like I said, people don't, the people up there are not really worried about here. They're not missing you. They're expecting you if you're coming. And so I'm in and it stopped. I mean, I found myself in silence and darkness. And what I wanted to do when everything stopped was just to cry out, God, what's happening? I just, I just got here. I, I never got to even say that because before I uttered anything, I heard a voice out of this darkness. And the darkness was a tarp in a car. And the man behind me was a preacher who came from the same conference. And he was singing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And as he sang it, I started singing with him in the dark. And he got out of the car and said, really fast, got out of the car, and said, the dead man is singing. And I was. 90 minutes after they pronounced you 90 dead. minutes after. The, the accident happened at 11.45 a.m. on the bridge. At 1.15 in the afternoon, Pastor Dick Honorecker was holding onto my right shoulder because it's the only thing I didn't break, and he was singing, what a friend we have in Jesus, in the dark because we're both covered up, and I started singing it with him. Wow. Well, and I had a chance to sit down with Don and do an hour and a half interview yesterday, and you're going to see clips from that in the weeks to come. Uh, Don's book, 90 Minutes in Heaven, and, and his wife wrote a book, A Walk Through the Darkness, about her uh, trip through that, are both out in the lobby, and Don will be out there to sign them I as will. well. But let's thank Don Piper for thank being you. here with us today. Thank you very much.